the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Luke writes, There followed Jesus a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things, when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they, knew, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing. Nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, now here we are. At the last Sunday of this church year. And this focus has shifted to the end of time. The final outcome of life. The fulfillment of all things. And that, of course, leads us to think about who and what is ultimately important to us all as we live out our lives here on this earth. Now, of course, this is something that most people do not want to think about. They would rather prefer to live for the moment, to live for what, well, they can get, they can have here in the now. They would prefer 
to make up their own rules and laws. They would like to do as they please without any real regard for the future. For they have fallen for the evil foe, the devil's lies that suggest that there is real, no real truth, no reality. So when it does come to the end, these same people will, well, they'll take their chances and just, well, hope for the best. And as to who or what is important in their life, well, naturally, it's them and their so-called freedom and their own happiness. That's the greatest importance to them. Everything revolves around themselves and what they want. This kind of thinking is much in line with this gentleman, this guy who had inherited his way into the family business, a hardware store. He had been raised with all the trappings of a moderately wealthy lifestyle and had, well, been spoiled along the way. Now it was his turn to take over the running of this family store and the training up of the next generation. Well, he thought he was all that and then some. He was strutting around in his self-importance, telling the workers and others what he thought, even though in reality he was very ignorant and had very little knowledge of what actually made this business work. In everything, he would spend the money of the business on outward and showy things that could be seen in order to make, well, good impressions often at the expense of what was actually truly good for the business and important. He'd also take a lot of time off again and again to do his own pleasurable things, but never taking the time to think about and manage the important aspects of the business. And he never listened to others, and particularly the people who knew what was good and important and They kept trying to remind him of his obligations. So as all the money came in, he just kept spending and spending. And his accountants, they told him that he must start putting aside because the tax man would be coming soon. And he would need to expect to pay big dividends at the end of the day. But of course, he thought that he knew everything and he had it all under control. It would work out in the end. Everything would be all right. Instead, he kept thinking in the moment and of himself and what he wanted for this life. Well, unfortunately, tax time did come around and with it, A big bill. A bill, well, for a quarter of a million dollars. 
and he hardly had a dollar in the bank to account for it. He was in trouble. He ended up being brought before the courts and was about to be declared bankrupt when his family stepped in and paid the debt and averted certain disaster. With that, he goes back to the store and continues on just as before. No listening to his father and others around him, not thinking about his near disaster until, of course, the next time tax season comes around again. But this time, he's left to his own devices. And so he ends up out on the street with nothing, not a friend in the world. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Surely very few people can be this ignorant, this stupid, can they? Yet this is just the attitude that many people do have. And especially in a far more important area of their life. They think that they can go through this life without any significant consideration and thought for the spiritual things of this life to which that does have lasting value. There they think that life is free and easy, that somehow it will all just work out in the end. They are like many of those who were at Jesus' crucifixion. You see, some were there just watching, but they weren't involved. They were looking in from the sidelines. But don't ask them to commit themselves to do anything. Those were there that were caught up in the moment and went with the crowd in calling Jesus to be crucified. Then there were those who mocked and scoffed, openly ridiculing Christ and the things that were important. And then there was those two criminals. And then we had the religiously self-righteous. Yet for all of that, which is wrong and bad and all of this, did Jesus stop being our Christ? Did all of this falseness stop Jesus from being the king of the Jews and the king for me and you? Did he stop the atonement and his dying on the cross for us? And does this indifference and complacency of so many today, even those within our churches, mean that the end and The judgment day, heaven and hell ceases to be a true reality? Does our self-centered approach to what is good and right mean that God's views on what is important and what will happen at that time, does it change for us? Well, no, it won't. None of it. Because, friends, the end will come. 
we will have to face that day of reckoning. And at that point, we all have to face reality. There, we will not be able to stand on our, our good name, our reputation, or our reasonably good lives that we have led. We will not be able to face that day simply with our attitude that we will take our chances with some sort of a assurance that we will be let, let off somehow, even though we have chosen to live this selfish life. Me and my desire for freedom and my happiness will account for nothing. The only thing that will count on that day will be the Lord Jesus Christ himself and what he has done for our salvation on the cross. And this account of Jesus' death on the cross here is the only thing that can give any one of us any hope and any certainty when it comes to that day. Jesus' death on the cross is the one single thing that will enable us to face that day with assurance and with confidence. Confidence, not in ourselves or any other single thing other than Christ and his death for the forgiveness of our sins. It will be no good us simply saying that we are members of this church as much as that is important to us as we live between the now and the then so that we can be continually strengthened and encouraged through the word and the sacraments so that we can support and encourage one another as we live in the midst of the difficulties and the hardships of this life in this sinful world. Nor will our thoughts that we have followed his example in living such a good life help us stand with confidence on that final day. Again, yes, this is something that we do need to strive after since Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But it won't give us any brownie points to help us on that last day. Nor will the understanding that we know a certain amount of stories about Jesus or we've read our Bibles a certain amount of times and that we have done our confirmation classes and our Sunday school classes ensure that we will be accepted into heaven. However, here again, it is to be another of our aims along the way through this life to know and understand all that we can about Jesus. And what he has done for us. All of those kinds of things ultimately, well, they amount to nothing on the last day. All that we can then and now do is to say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. All that we can do is to look to him and to trust him, knowing that because of his death and resurrection, there is forgiveness of sins for our selfless, our selfishness and our rebellion against God. And that it is he alone who gives us the assurance of eternal life in heaven with our gracious Lord and our Savior. 
remember this, that on Judgment Day, Jesus Christ will be seen by all to be the true king of all. Some to our benefit and to others, well, to their damnation. Now, if that is the situation, then on that last day, the day of fulfillment, then surely now we can and will hold him as king above all kings and Lord above all lords. We will look to him now as our savior and our friend. We will hold up the cross as central to our lives as Christians. We will regularly gather together in God's house to be strengthened and to be encouraged to be to by him through his word and by his sacraments. We will seek to live and to be his people each and every day of our lives. We will trust him in the present and for the future. Yes, as we think of what is important in our life and what is important with regard to the end of our lives, we are here again reminded that it is Christ alone who is the one who holds our destiny in his hands. He is king for us now and most importantly on that last day. That is our encouragement here today as we look forward in this life. When times get difficult, we must not fear the struggle, but instead continue to fear, love, and trust in God. Though the dark night seems unbearably long, God will help at break of day. In the dark times, go to the mighty fortress who is our God. Just like the song says, the Psalm 46. Only there in him do we find that he is very present help, a refuge, and our strength in times of trouble. And the tendency when trouble comes is to hide, or as Jesus has people saying to the mountains and to the hills, fall on us and cover us. And the response of the Christian is much different. Different. When trouble comes, as it always does, the faithful say the same thing, but they say it to Jesus, cover us, cover us, O blessed rock. With the robe of your righteousness, with the garments of your salvation. And we will not fear, though the earth gives away, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. We remember always that the Lord Jesus Christ is king. And to him alone belongs all glory and honor now and always. Though trials are bound to come, still he is with us through it all. Be still, peace be with you. God encourages us and know that he is our God. Dear saints, next week we start a new season in the church year. Advent. Christ, the Prince of Peace, wants us in this season of Advent to take the broken pieces of your life and to give you his unbroken peace. Peace within us makes for beauty on the outside of us, and it inspires us to act as peacemakers in this sacred season. Jesus, he says, blessed are the peacemakers 
We can never have too many of, a, of them in this world. Our Lord wants us to pursue peace. That is to take an active role in making peace and living in a state of reconciliation with all of those that are around us. James 3.18, it says, Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. In the time of Jesus, peace was the highest blessing a ruler could bring to his people. And this Advent season, Christ offers you a peace that isn't fragile like the peace of this world. Perfect peace is promised to all whose thoughts are fixed on God. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Don't let anything rob you of that peace. That is better than all of your own thinking and your reasoning. Now may the Lord of peace himself, excuse me, give you peace at all times and in all ways. The Lord be with you. And may that peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Shall we...